Welcome to the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, we talked with C3 NYC Worship about how they foster an incredible volunteer worship environment in their church in New York. We also get into what COVID did and how uh, a church in New York was able to thrive both before and after the pandemic. And I think you're going to absolutely love this. Make sure to take notes. I was really inspired by the way that they foster uh, just a great team uh, and the way that they wrote music and the way they involve volunteers. It's just really cool. I think it's going to be a big blessing for each and every one of us. Here we go. So C3 NYC Worship is um, the musical expression of our church in New York City. Our pastors, Pastors Josh and Georgie Kelsey, moved here um, a few years ago and planted a church in Brooklyn and Williamsburg. And from there, it multiplied and grew into a location in Manhattan. And we've always um, just had a heart for worship. And over the last, um, I would say, six years, we started writing our own music. And um, it's been beautiful to see what it's transformed and now releasing our first full album. But yeah, I think it's that's pretty much it. It's been a special thing to be a part of. Uh, just being a, a the sound of worship from New York, uh, there's not a lot of worship teams from New York City that are able to record music or or just that I know of, and maybe there are, but yeah, um, yeah, that's who we are. Yeah, cool. What um what what inspired you guys? Like, talk a little bit about the process on what like brought you into you know we need an album. Like like where where did that come from? Did you have like a bunch of songs at the church? Did you set out to write it for the sake of the album? Like maybe just give a little bit of the process. Yeah, I can maybe actually get to that a little, little bit. Um me and Hannah Ray, uh Hannah Ray's been a part of the church for a long time and I joined maybe in the last three or four years as well. But before that they had kind of started to, you know, um, just write for the church. Pastor Josh had always kind of had a heart for just music coming out of our church. And so I think for a while we were trying to find a sound that is us, you know? So we did a bunch of, a couple of EPs that were more like studio. So you kind of look back at our stuff, you just see a, a wide variety of things compared to what we even do now, because we're just searching for the heartbeat of our church and searching for the sound that we are trying to create. So they were writing, they were taking trips to Nashville and writing with writers like Mia Fields and Lindsay Sweat and the bunch of others to just kind of get some things in that in the ground um yeah. but so at that point we had only made eps about like five songs like and then yeah. um i about right before the pandemic started i kind of stepped into the role as worship director and then hannah ray stepped into a role as worship director as well and it had been something on our past's heart but it just became this this thing that felt like so big and but we wanted to achieve but it felt like it was just further out so that's kind of why we always did like all right let's do three songs let's do four songs right and all of a sudden it just felt like something was burning in our hearts and it needed to it just needed to happen and things literally just began to orchestrate so perfectly i mean finances were a big thing that we were like okay we want to do a full song album what does that look like what does money look like how do we do that in new york city when we don't have our own building we don't have a lot of we have our on resources but if you do an album we have to load into a place you have to rent a place out completely for like three to four days so that we can have rehearsals we have to rent all the rehearsal spaces so that really began to add up and um i think it was discouraging at first because we were just like god we we know that we really feel like you're leading us into this and um, i don't know as i look back it's just it's kind of a miracle testimony of how god just supernaturally provided for everything and literally 
when I say like I don't even exaggerate it just literally felt like everything began to fall, fall into place for this the venue the money we had a an awesome beautiful donor who just was like believed in like everything that we we're doing and they were like I have vision for this and I want to give to this and literally everything was supplied it was cared for through our church through our vision builders and it just began to happen and then before we knew it me and Hannah were like oh we're doing an album we're doing oh we're doing 16 songs okay we're figuring this out so we literally are behind the scenes yeah it's so funny when you talk about it because I sometimes you forget all that went into that that process we're like so far beyond it now but we started we had to form the groups we have to choose the singers we have to have all the rehearsals and the vocalists and things and it, it just began to create something so beautiful we had to take a bunch of trips back to Nashville to write even more music until we really felt like we had enough. The good thing is that we had wrote a bunch of songs over the last six years. So we had a, a bunch to choose from, but we still needed to write a few more. And so we were just back and forth between writing sessions here with our team here, but also at Nashville. And God just, he created something so beautiful. Um, and we literally began, Revival Days began to just like unwrap between before our eyes. And it was just like, wow, God, we're really doing this. And it just was it was a special time for our church and just the city and, and just finally releasing it was such a, a beautiful moment for us because of all that went into it. So yeah, that's killer. Ooh, I, I um, think, okay. sorry, no, I was just going to say, okay. I just think off of that, I think our church, I really would just want to talk about the songs. Like the, the song started, like Matt, Matthew said, like six years ago and our, our church kind of grew up with some of these songs, which is really, I, I did cause I joined the worship team six years ago when they were starting to write these songs and then to be able to be a part of um, making the album happen six years later, I, I felt like I was almost a, a product of like the maturing that we went through um, just as a worship team. And, um, and it was cool. Like we, we really wasn't um, like we were trying to control it at all. It was, we had a desire to do it, but to write a full out, al- to have a full album, but at the right time. And, it yeah. just so happened that by the time we hit 2020 and 2021, we were we noticed we have we have enough songs because we've created a writing culture. God's given us so many downloads, um, and and even the really the the few songs we added over the last two years, like 2020 to 2021, 2022, was through the crushing and the pressing of what everybody went through um, through pandemic and we had like a, a new maturity in some of the songs that we were writing. And um, at that point we felt like our church was ready to hear all the songs we've been writing over the last six years. Um, and that the yeah. new ones were just what we've been waiting for. And because we, we what we've been through, we could write something that had a little bit more meat and uh, just felt such a peace at looking at the themes that all came together. So it was totally God because I think it's difficult when you're like, I'm going to write an album and I'm going to write songs that like go under a topic. We hadn't chosen the topic. We just looked at all the songs that we had and we noticed that the Holy Spirit had inspired this divine theme of revival. And then obviously after we released it in January, then there's the revival happening in Asbury the the week that we released our record in February. Um, Because we started releasing singles January, released our record in February, and then that same week, Revival was happening in Asbury. So just felt kind of like a God wink and divine timing and uh, super humbling. Yeah. That's cool. What, um, you talk about like the crushing and the pressing and like, I was in California, I'm in uh, Nashville now, but like I was in California during all the pandemic 
and you get New York, like it seems like these were these were the states that had it really rough. Like what? I mean, th- there's tons to say about what how how everybody responded, but I'd love to hear like what what did God do in your church like through you know what were they like before and what what are they like now like coming out of it like maybe just kind of explain you know what what, what did it look like? I think that when you. I'm sure you experienced this in California, but in New York, our lockdown was was so tight that gathering in large groups was absolutely impossible, uh, way more than most places across the states. Um, and I just don't think we as a church had ever experienced that much a, uh, just obstacle to be able to gather as a church body. And so I think when you really have to fight to actually be in a room together and be in the presence of God together. Uh, you learn like you learn that your faith is really real and that it's something that's really important to you and that it's a priority in your life. And when you have to, and our, it was probably our first time as a church as a whole suffering at the same time, um, in similar areas, even outside of just being able to, to gather together, you know, just the, the fear everybody was facing and, um, especially in New York, we just, we were limited so much to be able to do anything. Um, and I think that, uh, through that, it just really reprioritized how our faith and what we, and brought out new hunger to be able to worship together and to be able to be in the presence of the Lord together as a body. Um, and I think in a way that we will never take it for granted again. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's so good. I think even on that too, it's like we were, I mean, I think our church really went through the, just the everything because we were such a thriving church before the pandemic. We were one church where we had like five different locations within the city and um, all five locations were thriving, very health, like healthy, growing and becoming so awesome. And then the pandemic hit and then so many people left the city. So many people on team were like, I don't, I don't really want to serve anymore. I don't feel sick. It was like, like the word I just think about was just pivot. We had to like pivot like crazy because most of the team, even on worship, they were either out of town or they weren't here. So I was like, how are we going to like, how are we going to still worship? How are we going to build a team? How are we still going to do this? And we had to get creative. And that's how we started doing online things. And we had a whole online setup and stuff. But now I feel like right now our church is just now starting to regain its traction from the pandemic mm-hmm. over the last two years, as far as like people being in the room on Sundays and making it uh, like a priority to be in the room and to seek God and to want to be in his presence. But before I feel like being Hannah, like Hannah Ray, like over the last few years, we've had to do a lot of like that groundwork to really get people back involved and to show the importance of like why we come to church on Sundays and why is it important that we lead from a place of overflow and, and just all those things, you know, because the pandemic really took a toll on people as far as like, well, I mean, they serve, or I'll serve like once a month or every once every other month. And we have a yeah. fully volunteer, it's a full volunteer team. So um, yeah. we've really had to, but Hannah Ray is leading our team so well now. And I think people are really, I don't know, you go to church on Sundays and it's, it's beautiful because you really feel like everyone wants to be there and they're expected now. It hasn't, it really hasn't, I felt that way in the last couple of years as much as sure. it is now. And I think God is really starting to do something. I don't know. You kind of see it across the world. Something, something fresh is happening. Yeah, and just are seeing a different hunger, um, which is beautiful to see because I feel like I haven't really experienced it like this since before the pandemic, which is beautiful. 
Yeah. You, you mentioned you have a, like a fully volunteer team. Like I'm sure that just perked up a lot of ears. Cause you know, when we're talking like people that produce albums and stuff like that, we're usually just assuming it's all hired guns. Could you maybe just give some insight? Like, why are you volunteer led? Like, what's the fruit of that? Because I think most of our audience for sure is coming from like, I'm just a paid worship leader and everybody else is a volunteer and I'm lucky if the bass, bass player practice this week. Like, talk a little bit. About how do you get excellence out of volunteers? <laughs> oh, it's been a journey. <laughs> uh, but it's been, it's been a good journey. I think it's something that's them in the pastor's heart and their vision. Uh, um, even before we were before I stepped in, before Hannah Ray stepped in, before we did anything, it just kind of was in their heart for what they wanted for the church. And yeah. so we've had to like kind of just run with what that feels like and figure out how to create a system in a place to where people who are volunteers feel like they want to be a part of this. So we create, we've created events, we've created systems to where we reach out, pastor people, love on people so that they don't feel like they're just doing it because they they have to, but they feel like they're doing it because they really want to. Um, and I really, I feel like I can strongly say, we have like a team of, it's like 70, 80 people. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I can strongly say like all, out of all 80, like when people serve, um, they really want to. It's from a place of like, I'm excited. Like people want to sing on Sundays. They want to be excellent. And I think also for the people who came before us, they created such a standard, even in, in worship that it was, you come prepared, you come doing this, you come knowing your part that, when you come into that culture already, it's just set in the culture. So you don't think to do otherwise. So like, I, I come and sure I know my words. I'm coming and sure I know my part, especially when you're in the band. Cause we've created that culture where I can call out and, um, you know, just give feedback. Hey, I noticed that you were asked prepared this week. What's going on? Is everything okay? Can we make sure that we're prepared? We want to give God our best because at the end of the day, that's what we're created to do is to give God our best in our worship, whether we're paid, whether or not. And so when someone says like, oh, I didn't really practice this week, actually that is a representation of your heart posture because you should want to give God your best in this situation, not just because we're on a stage or on a platform. And we've, yeah. I think we've seen that when we really like based it in the Bible and shown people like why we give God our best, it's helped them create a heart of worship to want to give their best on Sundays and grow on that. But I'm sure Hannah Ray can speak on things too with just volunteers. That's great. I think that our why really just as a culture and our in our church, which is um, stolen from our lead pastors, Pastors Josh and Georgie, uh, was that as a member of this church, we're all builders of the house. And so worship is just you identify your gifting and how you can use that as an offering to the Lord. And so worship is just one avenue of being able to do that. Um, and so we and so each team, whether it's worship or whatever, it it really becomes a family and a way to serve and build together and also an opportunity for us to uh, be the body together. So do life together, disciple each other, shepherd each other. Uh, but we really do. I tell our team all the time, like we, Matthew and I, as like your, basically your pastors, we, we want to help you step into the calling that God has on your life. And, and worship is just a part of that. And, um, it's an out, it's just a way for us to uh, give back to the Lord. So I think with that, people just have an eagerness to serve and build the house. And especially cause in New York, it's not really cool to be a part of a church. It's not cool to serve. And um, it's difficult. So if you're showing up and you're giving that much time for free in New York City, it, it really matters. And I think that 
But I think that people want to join is because they see the fruit of that, which is you build community. You have brothers and sisters in Christ that you're walking alongside with. You um, are becoming more like Jesus. There's such a joy when serving like that. And I don't think that uh, paying people for a Sunday or serving in worship is wrong. I just think sometimes it can be a blockage uh, for people to not make it about just oh it's i'm coming in just on sunday because we don't want it to be just you show up on sunday it's like no you're a part of the team you're a part of this house and we want to make sure that uh we're just the body together building the church in new york city so it's that's really what it is how do we build the church in new york city through worship um that's the why yeah Yeah. and like uh, like most churches i'm sorry most churches i'm just saying like we have a couple, you know, there's always, there's, there's a few people that you do have to end up as far as musicians, because there's a certain skill level and things that we've kind of grown to. And it becomes hard when it is not a lot of volunteers to a certain, depending on what it is, a certain skill level, as far as like to be able to keep up with everything that's happening. So, you know, there might, there will be drummers and certain things that are paid and different things. But as far as the majority of our team, I, I'd say like 90, 90, 95% of them are volunteer, but there's always you know, you're yeah. like, we've discovered a, a certain like a puzzle to where it's like, if, even if you have like one uh, paid musician and then intermingled with volunteers, it like helps everybody grow their gifting and come up to a different level. And we've yeah. really seen that work as well. Yeah. And for, and our goal is to make sure our member, our members of our worship team yeah. call this, this place home. Yeah. So obviously sometimes we have to fill the, the gap until we can raise up a team that's ready within our house to meet that skill set. Exactly. But the goal is to make sure that everybody calls C3NYC their church home uh, simply because we want them to have the heart to serve the house um, and the heart yeah, for the yeah. people coming through the door. Yeah. 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 What uh, what advice would you have for the worship leader that's listening that like likes the idea of all the camaraderie and community you're talking about but doesn't feel like they have it? Like, what, what do you guys do? How can they... How can they help their worship team feel like more than just some musicians that show up on a weekend? Spend time together. <laughs> Honestly, it's very, it's like, how would you want to build friendships with people in your life? And I think you put it in that simple perspective. And I think that um, Jesus did it best, right? He uh, just spent time with people around a meal and it relationships build through time. And I think if you i would say start 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 small and people just your team really just wants to know that you love them and that you see them and that you care for them and they want the space to be able to to be with you and share that so i would say start small uh identify maybe 10 to 12 people that you really just see a gifting on or a call in their lives or you just your heart really leans toward them uh, and make space for them meeting with them regularly. And from then, then they're on, I think it will, it'll blossom and then they'll want to do the same for other members of the team. Uh, practically what Matthew and I have done is, um, we create spaces for a worship team to worship together outside of Sundays. We call them just worship encounter nights and it's really relaxed. Somebody's playing keys, somebody's singing, and we just pray for each other and very open. Anybody in worship can come. We have it about um, five to six times a year. And then we have um, social hangs as a worship team five to six times a year where you just get opportunities on the weekends to hang out. Anybody can come. Um, and then additionally, uh, we have like Bible studies with some of our leaders. Um, 
I meet with some of the girls in our team and just create space in my home and we could spend time together. And uh, the dream is that that'll keep going and growing. And they'll do that with other girls in the team. And uh, yeah. Matthew with the guys is going to start doing that as well. But that's some practical advice, but I'm sure Matt has yeah. some tips as well. That's yeah. great. <laughs> no, that's so good. I, I mean, literally just like echoing completely what she said, like just create space. I mean, we've all been on teams before when we've been in, where we've done something and we've just felt like, uh, I'm trying to, not the word, but we've just felt like we've just been used for our gift. Right. Uh, yeah. I've been on a, I've been on a team like that where you're just getting texts and constant, like, Hey, can you do this? Can you do this? But like, no one's checking in on me. No one's asking me how I am. No one's actually caring about my heart and my condition of my heart. And so I think we, because me and Hannah Ray as leaders in our lifetime have experienced that we understood that like that was a missing piece that had to shift in order for that to change in our and just our in the leadership and then also just for the people to feel different that were uh, under us and so we just created that rhythm i mean you i it was crazy the breakthrough that i began to see when people or even just men saw that i cared about them mm-hmm. men are worshiping even musicians who tend to be can be like very oh you doing good all right it's great Okay. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to make it my priority to like get past that. I'm just good. So you know what that means? I got to like sit down with you at a coffee shop and let's, let's talk about how you're doing. And then I can ask more questions. Okay. So like, how's life? What are you going through? What are you facing? And then all of a sudden it's like, they just feel this breath of fresh air. And then they finally just release all this stuff. And now we get to like the meat and, and then now they actually see that, like they can trust you. And then all of a sudden I started, people started coming to me about things that they're struggling with like not even approaching them. It was just cool to see the fruit of that because before that, I didn't really see that. There wasn't like intimacy with like just in relationship as far as like getting to really know people and see beyond these walls that we can tend to put up. Um, and it just, it was at the code that I felt like God was giving us the uh, the access to, to, to break because as we begin to just make relationship with people, well, we saw honesty and people just kind of coming to us with stuff that, they were really facing because before then it was like how's everyone doing what are you struggling with that would be it no one would raise their hand no one would say anything but now we've created a culture to where it's like no i i really i tell people this all the time i'm like i honestly i love your gift it's awesome like your gift's gonna make room for you but i could care less about it because at the end of the day if your heart's not in a good place what does your gift mean like what good is it for you to be up there playing so skillfully on a sunday like playing the piano, but then like you are like the most broken, depressed person. But I would never know that if I'm just rostering you and I never get to actually see what's going on in your world. So I just say that advice to worship leaders or people listening to this. So like there's gaps or people don't really want to share with you or like be honest with you. That will never come unless you make space to sit down and get to know them. And it's like building a bridge. You got to build that bridge of trust. And once you pursue them, and show them that you're interested in them, they'll begin to feel safe to cross that bridge and come over and talk to you. But until you do that, I think it's actually pretty crazy for you to think that people are going to trust you. I mean, just to be honest, like, just because I've been there, I've been in that space, and I've been in that place where I've, people have not done that. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And I, I don't really feel safe to really open up to you. But when someone comes and pursues me and shows me that they really care about the condition of my heart and what's going on in my world, I feel safe to just be like, actually... I'm really struggling with X, Y, Z and I'm addicted to this. And I don't know, I don't know how to help. Actually, this happened last night. I saw last night and I want you to keep praying for me. Can you invite this? And so I've seen breakthrough yeah. stories and I know Hannah Ray has, 
and just start pastoring and just and just pastoring and loving people. I think that has been the biggest key when it comes to growing a volunteer team and just showing people that we care. Yeah, that's great. I in my mind, I, I thought of a couple situations in my own like ministry experience. What what do you say to in the middle of like this relational and we're going to get to know each other? I've had those guys that are like fantastic players, but they don't want that. Like they don't want the relationship. Um, had, maybe just some advice. Like, have you dealt with that? And how would how would you deal with that? Had you not? <laughs> yeah. I say one is like prayer, right? So prayer, like, ah, uh, it's my favorite thing because it literally it answers things that we can never do. And I always feel like I love when I get the people that are really hard for me because it means that I get to depend on the Holy Spirit to give me the answers to get to this person because i don't care what anyone says i mean i i could be like stretching but i feel like everyone wants some type of relationship and they want to feel loved and cared for even though they may not say it at first even though they may have like a thousand walls as to why they don't want it or yeah. because they've been hurt by xyz at the deep core they're wanting to to get that pastor and want it to be shepherded and so and people that i feel like i've mean, i've had people that are very much like you know, there's that wall every day. It's like, hey, how are you doing? Good. Right. And I just, there's one person particularly I'm thinking about, and I just was persistent, man. I just, yeah. like, hey, no, like, I just, I'm I'm doing this with a bunch of guys, but I, I really, like, would love to just sit down and get to know you more. And, you know, there's always going to be people who you click with more and people who maybe aren't as much, but there's one guy I just was persistent with. He just was, like, really in both worlds right he's in the church but he's in the world and just kind of like you know confused and just praying praying and god would put him on my heart say pray for this person pray for this person and all of a sudden it just was like this shift began to happen in his heart he began to like be at church every week like even when he wasn't serving just wanting to be a part of what was happening he would text me to hang out and just like i would be like whoa this is scary like what is going on this person would never do something like this and so i would just say like don't give up, be persistent and not like creepy or weird, but just like from a, a pastoral place of just like continuing to reach out. Even if it's something as simple as like, Hey man, you're on my heart. I'm praying for you. Anything I could be praying for you for like just little texts like that. Show people, Oh wow. This person is like, cares for me. They're like praying for me. Or like if they shared something with you and you don't ever talk about it again. I'm like, as a leader, I hate something like that. Like if someone shares something like really personal with you, I always like, even if I put it in my notes, I'm like texting a week later, hey man, praying about this thing, X, Y, Z, how are you feeling about this? That shows somebody that like, oh man, this person is invested in me. And I've just seen when you're just persistent and you keep going after it, you really see the walls. They can only keep the walls up for so long because the Holy Spirit, I promise he'll give you the answers. I don't know, Hannah Ray, have you kind of faced similar things with someone who's like closed off, but, and they're like, I don't want that. Oh yeah, it's prayer. It's definitely prayer. That prayer is your key. And I think waiting on God's timing as well and just not trying to control it. And I think it also protects your heart uh, to not be offended when you have God's eyes to see those people and they don't maybe like meet you halfway. Um, and I think, yeah, I just think Matthew's completely right. And I, it's been beautiful. I've learned a lot from him and how he's led in this way and shepherded his, our team this way. And it's really inspired me. And I'm, uh, there's one, yeah, I've had similar circumstances, even when there was just like a fence with people on team, like relationally with me, with them. And I think me as a leader, like this is a different route, but you know, when there's tension on team, even maybe tension with you as a leader with one of the people on your team, yes. 
I think the best way to break through that is you as a leader to be humble. And like when you as leader fail to say like, I'm to be the first to say you're sorry and to create that space um, where they know that they don't have to be perfect, but you're willing and you're not perfect, but you're willing to admit when you're wrong and want to fight to for the relationship to make it right. And um, it's through prayer and, and kind of leading with that way with this person. It was beautiful, like uh, two years later to see the fruit of that and that there's like a beautiful healed relationship and intimacy and even just um, growth in that person's leadership um, and their ability to be vulnerable because uh, I as a leader was willing to be vulnerable with them. And um, yeah, I just think that in simple, like to simplify, you partner with prayer and make sure your heart is to love those people, not just to use them for their gifts or to meet a need on the team. Yeah. And if that filter, like naturally the actions will follow and the fruit will follow. Sure. That's great. What um, you said, God kind of winked a little bit with revival with you. Like, I'd love to hear, I mean, granted, the entire internet wants to talk about revival right now. <laughs> it's like the Christian internet, but like, what's <laughs> what's your guys' sense on all of it? Like, just kind of speak to what are what do you think God's doing with the global church, I guess, in worship? It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was really beautiful to see what happened over the last two years, uh, just with songwriting and with worship leaders being uh, being removed, having to be forced into the secret place, forced to look at themselves in the mirror, uh, forced to spend time with God without distraction, um, and really just redis- rediscover. I think what, what worship is at the core. It's, and I think that uh, we as human beings have tried to make it an industry and like what we want it to be. And, um, that's just never what God intended it to be at the core. Um, and I think that through the last two years, it kind of rewired that. So the way that, that God winked to us was for me, Matt and I were really had the dream to have this album and we were, we were praying about what does the theme need to be? And, one of the songs the team had written a few years ago uh, called Revival Days. And at the time when they wrote it, they felt like it just wasn't the time to sing it because it's a very bold song. Um, They're like, we just don't feel like it's the timing. We're going to like put it in the bookshelf. And then for this record, they were like, wait, this feels like it's the right time just because um, there is a new hunger for the presence of God and for God to do something new within the church. We weren't willing to, Globally, I think people were, in the, especially in, in the United States, we were tired of like doing the same thing. People don't want performance. We want authenticity. We want God. We want the presence of the Lord, and yeah. we just want to see Jesus' face. Period. And so then for me, I went away and I was just praying, like God, what do you want to do? Is revival really the title? Like that's bold, and um, want to make sure it's not man-made. And just the Holy Spirit gave me a download and a vision, just so, showing me. Um, just through what had happened within the city, like our city had, New York City had been just, it died. It had died and like the old things had been cleared out, like people moved away, all the, the messiness within the city had been exposed, all the dirt, all the thin, and um, in a huge way. And the Lord just told me that he um, wanted to like really send his, his rain and like a storm again to wash it all away and to restart and reset the ground for a new harvest. And he led me um, to Isaiah 43, uh, which talks about um, 
how Jesus uh, or God was going to do a new thing. He's going to make a way in the wastelands and rivers in the desert. And um, he just spoke. He's like, I'm doing a new thing. And it is revival. And and that was 2020, 2022, the beginning of 2022. And I got that vision yeah. and that download. And then we recorded the album that summer and then released it a year, the full album, basically a year later. Um, and then look what happened historically um, across the church. So, and I think with revival as a theme, what Jesus, what, what Jesus led us to as a team is he just showed us revival starts in the heart um, and you have to repent um, of areas that you haven't let him in and uh, place God first in your life and really just hunger after him. So I think for me personally, for Matthew, for our team, as we were recording and rehearsing, there was a beautiful purity of heart that was coming back up and a repentance within the team, uh, just really, really seeking after the Lord's face. And we we didn't want to record this album uh, without having our hearts revived in the right place and yeah. uh, not in a performance way of being perfect, but we were just like, we want to go after this in every way. And and um, Mia Fields was really just our guardian angel in this and just such a pastor for us and, yeah. and showing us how to do this. And she was like, you guys, it is about Jesus. And if you have sin in your life, if you have, if, you, if your goal for this has to do with yourself, then like, you can't be here. And it, she was right. Like we, yeah. we couldn't have the wrong heart posture going into this and, um, and she just really taught us and that revival, it starts, it's personal. It starts in your heart. And then the fruit of that is a beautiful presence of the Lord and, um, intimacy with him. Uh, but it starts with you. And then that intimacy can be, can happen in a church service can happen, um, while you're leading worship in the room, but the hearts have to be unified, uh, yeah. on, in that space, you know? Yeah, that's good. We, uh. I teach at the, the Belonging Co. College, so Mia has like taught some of our students um, songwriting and stuff like that. And man, she brings it for sure. But I, I, I love to like hear well, like what, what is the like what made you guys decide to like not like well we're not gonna, we're just going to write it all ourselves. Like what made you reach out to kind of like a mentor, or, like a guide to help like craft that? Maybe speak a little bit to yeah, just the need for mentorship and even in our lives, even if we're at the top of the worship ministry food chain, like where. You know, why do we need help or mentorship? Um, I think our lead pastors just really were humble and hungry to have help in creating yeah. this album. And, and God's given them really divine relationships. And um, Mia's been a longtime friend for Pastors Josh and Georgie. And when they shared their dream to want to do this, she was just all in. And yeah. and then I think that, that God just divinely brought people into our lives Um we, Stephen Brewster has just been such an, an incredible help to our team, just connecting us as, as, as a friend and just giving us wisdom on how to do an album <laughs> and like connecting us to people in Nashville that could help us write. And, um, and then Mia connected us with, and he, and he helped us connect with producers, with Josh Holiday, who really, um, has been with our team since the beginning, loving on us. And then Mia, uh, connected us with, um, the producer of Bead. Um, and he has just been, he was the gift. He literally came in at the right time, uh, right as we were beginning rehearsals and turned the album around and just had such a pastoral heart. And, 
I think for me and Matthew, we're always willing to to ask for help because why be why try to control it all ourselves? Um, when, especially when it's not about ourselves. And I think just having the vision that like we're all a part of the body and like we all have a specific role and like I know I'm a hand and I cannot be a foot and I would hate to make the whole album look like a hand versus the body. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. Um, just as a silly example, but yeah, just like the, like the angel, it's all eyeballs or something. Is what I like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think it's freeing to know. Well, it's not all up to me, and right. I think just teamwork's so much more fun. And then yeah. I think that the buy-in is when everybody feels yeah. they're valued and they're a part of it. It's this whole record has been celebrated across the board because we involve so many people. And yeah, Matt, go for it. Speak on it. <laughs> no, it just I mean I think I'm just realizing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think realizing too, like we just we have we're in like uncharted territory. Like we could act like we knew what we're doing and try to just leap this off of our own chip on our shoulder. But the reality is, is like we don't know. We, we didn't know anything about songwriting, Billy. We didn't know anything right. about producing an album. We didn't. So we just knew that like we needed to seek wisdom from outside sources and. Uh, I mean, like, I feel like we will forever be indebted to someone like Mia Fields. Like, just, she always helped us write from the start because of just the connection she had with our pastors. But even over these last two years, I have never seen, she just championed us in the way that made us feel like what we were doing was actually about you. And I just, I had never experienced someone just get, like, we came to Nashville and she spent three days with us, right? Like, Like, just... A full days of just going through all of our songs and editing them and making them make, make sure that they're sound and just that they feel good like no woman had no one had like everyone spent a lot of time but like at the beginning part like Mia just really she poured into us and then just gave and like she like buys like just even simply like she just buy us all a lot so like I had just never seen that before and then she would come into the city and she was just like oh I'm gonna be there doing the album i a few days earlier don't worry about this like I'm just doing it I just want to be there and it just it was, it was she had no gain in doing something like that but i knew that god had put it on her, her heart to be yeah. there for us in that way because honestly it was the backbone that we needed to get through everything that we had even just in the wisdom with making choices she's so just prophetic and just here's god clearly and so she even led us to like helping us to with bead and getting connected to that she was like no he's the one you guys need to be connected to him and we connected and like seems like everything that we're doing and so just yeah, it just it was the biggest blessing to have someone who had just done so much and knew yeah. what they were doing and how to pioneer it. And she literally helped us pioneer it to the place where now we could do it again and we feel like we know what we're doing. But even so, when we do it again, we'll still involve people like her because they've just, you know, helped set the foundation in such a beautiful way. So yeah. Very cool. Well, I'd love to hear your guys is such a big talking revival a little bit, but like what what's your guys' thoughts on you know, where do you think the church is going? Where do you hope the church is going and worship ministry and all that? Like what, what's your sense on where, what our future looks like? I mean, it's kind of cool seeing like the Asbury thing. I kind of this question. It's kind of cool seeing the Asbury thing and it's the revival that's happening there. And, you know, it's like, it's so funny how the church just when something good happens, how we can still be so divisive, right? Because it's right. Like, well, there is this. This isn't happening. So it was a really revival, and I just feel like, like what we're seeing is that like there's a huge repentance that needs to come back to the body of Christ. And yeah, 
that's something that's simple and that's that's inward, but that's in the heart. And it, it may not feel like, oh, you've always just falling out of the spirit and speaking in tongues. And like, you, like I think that's going to come from that. But I feel like the first wave is going to be a wave of repentance and people just coming back to yeah. Jesus. And what does that look like in our churches? Like, just this simplicity of what that feels like, you know? And, that, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that the flashiness of worship in the sense of like the big lights and the big productions and all that stuff, like all that stuff is cool. And it helps us to relate to people who maybe are in the world coming into like what, what it is we're doing. But I do feel like something was beautiful with just students leading worship and playing a guitar and singing a song of worship and people's hearts being convicted. I think it helps us to think even future, like oh, maybe we don't need to do like a big rah-rah set today. Maybe we can do something so simple and not rely on this big, wave of something that's happening. I know that's been on Pastor Josh's heart too, of like just trying to get out of this huge wall of just sound that we've just kind of been used to in this in the world of worship of like, all right, come on. All right. No, we everyone, you know, we have this rhythm of like worship and then we all right, now we're gonna slow down and let's lift our hands in worship. But maybe it could mean like just starting different and doing things different. So I feel like Hannah Ray has been like even and she's been choosing sets and doing things differently and like Normally we do like three songs and that's just like how we do it. But she's been creating different rhythms of like doing a, a song and doing a tag and then doing another tag and then transitioning to just like playing with like the structure of like, I think we kind of like see something and like, oh, this is how it has to be. But I yeah. feel like now as churches, we're able to think outside the box of like, maybe we can think differently and how can we reach people in a different way? And we've seen people have such beautiful encounters, honestly, where we've taken away the big rah-rah and just had an acoustic set. The presence of God that falls into place and hearing people singing has been so powerful, at least here in New York City, because I think it's the loudest city, not the loudest, but it's just a loud city in general. So people are always used to just hearing screaming. Yeah, you know, not that I'm not saying that praise is screaming, but I just have <laughs> like a balance of like just thinking differently on how to like reach people. But yeah, I just really feel like repentance is coming back. And I think people inwardly in their heart posture is coming to a place of that. And how do we view that and take that then to the next the next wave that's God's getting ready to send? Yeah. I think that I think that um where the where the hand of God is moving, that it's really humbling how he chooses to do it and who he chooses to do it for. And I think that I would I would never want to be one that was that was cynical and would miss what God was doing. I would rather look look for God, um, wherever he was moving and and i would rather have a childlike mindset about it um and i think that uh what is so because i i just there's so many stories in the bible like in in acts when the disciples were filled with the spirit were, were preaching in the synagogues and all over and then the pharisees were the ones to try to shut them up and i just would never want to be that you know um and yes there's discernment and yes um you know, take everything to the word, but I, I, I fully believe God is moving and the revival that's happening um, in, in Asbury is, is beautiful and in Gen Z as well. And I think that um, it's specific to what for Gen Z and a beautiful way. And I think that that's very humbling for us as, as millennials and, and above. And um, I think that we can learn a lot from the heart posture that this generation is having and I think there's a purity to it. And I think that really what, how it's transforming worship revival 
is that uh, it, we're going back to what it's all about, which is just Jesus and wanting yeah. to speak his face and to um, for him to feel uh, to feel the love from our hearts so that he, it's a place that he wants to dwell. You know, there's a purity to it. And I think sometimes we can, in worship, we want to do a lot of things. We want to go to war. We want to, like, declare things. We want to, um, you know, shift the atmosphere. And that's not bad. I just think that we go where the Spirit's leading, right? And I think that, uh, again, revival starts with a repentant heart, but it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's his loyal love that leads us there. And it starts with... Um, Ex- just wanting to experience him and see his face, see him for who he truly is, adore yeah. him, be and honor him, and, yeah. and bless his name, and then the fruit, and just bask in his love, and then the fruit of that is repentance and healing, and um, so I just think whatever that looks like, I think that we need to get out of the way with whatever um, man-made systems we've come up with, and I think that for us in in the worship realm, that might mean really going back to the basics in our sets. Just, I want to limit any distraction possible for what God wants to do. Um, and I just think it's very humbling and it looks different for wherever you go to church across the States, but, yeah. um, it's trusting that God will show up the way that he will. Uh, but it, it's trusting he'll show up. Um, and what it, it's tr- it starts with seeking him and wanting him versus wanting revival. You know, the fruit of wanting him and seeking him is, um, revival happening but i think if we yeah. go after wanting to make revival happen because it's happening somewhere else then um yeah it's the, it's the wrong order you know Struggle. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's great. great pray as leaders it was like pray and ask the holy spirit i think just what she was saying like it's different for every place i think us as the church is so easy for us to see how it's happening and then just try to like recreate that and think that's right. what revival is and it could happen that way, but I really do feel like, and I sense that like as whoever's listening to this as worship leaders, like pray, ask the Holy Spirit, what does that look like for your church to worship yeah. through your ministry, whatever that is. And like, he'll give you like, I think he knows what he's bringing to this world. He knows what he's bringing to the earth. And I feel like it could look differently at this church than it is at this church. And I feel like God will give the wisdom, even when it comes to worship sets or it might be like, have a worship, whatever it might be, just ask him and he'll give it to you. Don't try to be like, well, Asbury, so that we define students to lead us from worship. Well, like, it could be that way, but it doesn't right. mean it has to be that way. So, yeah. There's nothing wrong. Like, we've been praying for revival for a long time. And sure. this is so exciting yeah. to see what God's answering the prayers. So, like, pray for revival. Uh, yeah. One thing that, in alignment with Matt, like, what, what the Lord spoke to me, I was praying for my team. I was just basically like, God, I just want to be a good pastor. How do I do this? And he was yeah. like, you will, you will make, you will make disciples, Tanner, and you will, your worship team, I will show up as much as you're surrendered. And that, and that's really it. It's just yeah. being an, a, a surrendered vessel for him. Um, and it's, it's annoying how simple it is. Right. Um, right. but it's also <laughs> so free. Yeah. So, yeah. I always kind of like, read your Bible, spend time with the Lord and work it out. And you're like, yeah, but give me the secret sauce. <laughs> like, what's right. The what's trick? my what's one, like, what's my one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. As always, head on over to Instagram, shoot us a DM. We love chatting with people. God bless.